Tulpa, hey, can you do me a favor and say, why are there so many of these again? Because you cut out. Why are there so many of these again? God damn it. All right. (laughs) That's whatever. Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast, episode number three, a selectbutton.net guidance podcast. Uh, Our team of brave explorers plays one game selected kind of, sort of, at random from the Super Nintendo library, and afterwards uh, we discuss it using the five very, very normal metrics for scoring a video game, which are uh, gun, vanity, mystery, poetry, and harmony. Uh, joining me today are... I am Shrug. It is me. Shrug. I'm Courier Rice. I'm Marina. I am No Code, and I prefer Bomber Person. I am Talpa, and I do not play enough Super Bomberman. And I am your host, Virtual Clint, as always. And yeah, this week we're playing Super Bomberman 2, so if you played that, you're fine. Um, And I've written down, it's a game about an incredibly fragile soft boy recklessly detonating explosives without proper personal protective equipment. I write myself these awful tongue twisters that sound completely unnatural, and that's how we start the podcast, so. Um, As it should be. Yep. Seems organic. It's organic, it's good. Very organic. Uh, So we all played this game for about an hour. Um, so, and we also played a Mahjong game this week, so we'll get to that. I'm going to shove that in between two of the categories. Some of us did. Some of us did. It's fine. It's just Mahjong. Uh, (laughs) So we'll shove that in between two of them. It's not just Mahjong. I mean, it's all, you know, it's the most complicated version of gin or rummy that you can possibly have. But, you know, other than that, it's just Mahjong, right? I think an important question to start with is exactly how much of the Mahjong game did each of us play? Well, we're not there yet, so (laughs) we're not going to... Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, I misled everyone. So we're going to start with Bomberman. We'll get... The the, the Mahjong thing will be in the middle, so... um, But we played... I I asked everybody to play about an hour of Bomberman, so how far did everybody get into this game? Did you play the single player? Did you just play multiplayer by yourself or with some friends? Like, what'd you do in this game? I got a few stages past the first boss because I suck at video games and don't like abusing save states. I'm going to second that. I finished the first boss and I was like, hell yeah. And then the second stage just kind of blew chunks. So whatever. I spent the last two hours getting to stage three, two with the dancing cake. Wait, was there a dancing cake? I think I missed that. The, the, um, the explodable objects in that in that level look like dancing cake to me, like Lego cake. Oh, it does look... It, they do dance. I didn't even notice. I was blasting through. I tried to get to the end of the game uh, because I suck at video games and I am absolutely fine abusing save states. I got just past the third boss, of which I believe there are only four, um, and then I just got super bored and quit. There are five bosses, and I would know because I beat it! You try hard. Always ahead of the curve. Courier Rice. And I didn't use save states either. Oh. Yeah, well, neither did I. Yeah. 
a fair point. And they're hard, and I don't like them. I didn't use save states, and I only got to the first boss because I played more Mahjong instead of this. (laughs) I feel like using save states, especially in an action game, just kind of removes a lot of the fun of video games in general. Unless it's something like Doom or Half-Life, where it's meant for that, but it's like, I don't know. I just really enjoy playing Bomberman stage by stage, and also the game over punishment is stupid and pointless because you just have infinite continues anyway, and even if you get a game over, you just start at the beginning of the stage, so it's dumb. There are uh, a lot of people who play Doom who argue that you shouldn't use the saves anyway. It's a... Yeah, I mean, it is definitely one of those games you just, like, sit through and play in one sitting, but I I just... You know, the kind of PC game mentality, those kinds of shooters generally have very accessible save systems. So if if like if, if I'm playing a game that doesn't have that kind of accessibility for saving, then I don't feel right using it because I feel like the game was designed around the type of save system that it has. Like, not to bring up this comparison, but that's this is the reason why dark souls has the bonfire thing and just saves everywhere and why other rpgs have like oh you have to be here to save you know just to segment out parts of the game and let you play at the pace that the designers wanted you to and i feel like that's how this game was meant to be and i didn't like it which is why i didn't finish it like otherwise i would have put more time into it yeah i'm completely on board with you uh i don't like save states because of how they mess with the intended gameplay cycles. And with that, let's let's really officially jump into gun, which is our, our very first topic, which is basically what we use as a catch-all for mechanics and also any literal guns, I suppose. Um, but this save state thing, yeah, see, okay, I used to be very against save states, um, uh, you know, very purist. And then I started recording a podcast and playing D&D, and I've got a job and a wife, and I don't have time <laughs> to be a purist anymore. <laughs> like, I, I just simply don't. Like, if I'm going to finish a game or even get close to finishing a game, there's there's a good chance I'm going to be abusing save states if I can. Um, and it's absolutely true. It completely, like, especially in this case, um, I mean, that's a fair game. More power to you. You have the emulator. You have the tools. You can do whatever you want. Just call it a tool-assisted shit run. Like honestly, I think anyone should be able to just play the game however they want. But I personally like it lacks the enjoyment factor for me. And that's fair. Like I think I think that there's. I find it sort of interesting because. Um, I, a lot of the time I play games almost as a study, not an official, not like, oh, I'm going to sit down and take a notes and write a book. But in my mind, I'm playing it because I want to see it and I want to see how it was designed and how it impacts games and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to see very much of it uh, because I, if I don't use save states, because I do suck as well. Like, that's a big thing is I'm really bad at games. <laughs> like, there's no way I got to level six on this. So stage Six part of stage, level one. Oh, okay, yeah, stage one six. You know what I think about stage one? It sucked, like the whole thing. Like, okay, particularly stage one dash four. I think 
like I don't know. So I some of the level design choices were really questionable here because you start level one dash four, I think, and then you are immediately in the center of like of a of a three or four way intersection, and then there are four enemies coming at you simultaneously. And basically, like I was taking a sip of water at the start of the level, and I just fucking died. I loved it. It's so I bad. loved it. Oh my god, the shrug. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, so great. <laughs> the, the thing about Bomberman games traditionally is that they, for some reason, they don't give you like a ramp up to the start of the level. The screen just comes on, and then you're playing it immediately. And it's always bugged me. Even in my favorite Bomberman games, it's so jarring. And then that shit happens. Or like when you're playing in the battle mode, and then the screen just comes on immediately, and you start playing, but you don't realize it because there's no countdown or anything. And so you're like mashing A to get through the menus, and oops, you placed a bomb right on top of your yourself that you can't avoid at the start of the match because you start in this tiny ass area and then you blow yourself up and you lose the whole game. Bobberman Um Stage 1-4 is actually really weird because of the reason that you said where you start in the middle of an intersection and the enemy's gun for you because none of the rest of the game is like that. Like, right? all the rest of the levels start you in a safe space to look at what the layout is and to figure yeah. out everything. I just wanted to say that it is, like, so far removed from the rest of the levels in the game, which have a very Pac-Man mentality. Drug, why did you like that level? I mean, I could tell you were getting a little bit uh, a little bit into it there. <laughs> Shrug's just being contrarian. I loved it. No, I, I don't know. I just, I thought it was funny. In a game with a less forgiving continue system, um, I probably would have been a lot more frustrated by it, but... Having that there, I think, gives it the room to just sort of point a gun at your face and pull the trigger and say "fuck you" that one time. And I don't know, just that one time. Just, just that one time. You know, it's like, hey, you, you just started this game. Guess what? That's I. I say this about like every game that I play, but there's there's usually a segment in most games where it is like a you must be this tall to ride sign, except it's just a level. Like you have to be this good to play the game. Basically, that's what it's telling. That, at that moment, that's what it's saying to you. I mean, I don't think that was a a a a, a difficulty wall. I, I think- don't think so either. But I'm just saying it was one of those things. I I, f- I feel like the developers threw that in just to fuck with you for no other reason. I think they did. I think they did to just be like slap you across the face and be like, "Hey, you awake? This game is not yeah, that's that really easy. good." <laughs> yeah. Although, um. <clears throat> but that is a really short. I don't level. know if it was the next. Yeah, I was, that's the thing too. Is it? It's, you either die at the beginning or you just finish it like immediately. I I will say that my experience with the Bomberman series has only been sixty four and ninety four and Bomberman Blitz, which is the DSiWare game, which was super fun because it had online multiplayer for up to eight players. But I'm not gonna get into that right now. It was just awesome. But um. It, those kinds of games basically distill the Bomberman experience into the multiplayer factors and just the power-ups, and so I wasn't used to each of these stages having like different level designs and different tile sets. Basically, I think- Super Bomberman 2 is cool, even though it sucks. <laughs> well, I think, so we've kind of been talking about it in, in 
veiled terms. Well, just I I always forget to do this with games. If you've never played Bomberman, which I don't know what you're doing listening to a Super Nintendo podcast, it's about a little guy who lays bombs that explode in little like crosses that, and you have to kill the monsters in the single player, and in the multiplayer, you have to kill other bomber men and or women. I think in other later entries. Um, Hell yeah, bomber people. You know what uh, the best part about '94 is? You can choose your characters, and they are all very cute. Yeah, and I, there are ladies, and there's also a tiny one. It's just Bomberman, but small, which is great. There's also like a mech suit. I have, dude. I have to uh, confess here. This is literally the first Bomberman game I've ever played. Oh my gosh, you're missing out. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. I think this was actually a good entry. This is a good entry to the series because the single player experience was actually really fun. Like, you know, despite some of the questionable things about it that kind of made me gripe a bit. I like, it was Bomberman game. It was cool. I like the different, um, I like the different areas and their themes. I liked how, um, they kind of presented their own mechanics and challenges. I want to take a second to talk about the, uh, the continue and losing lives thing, because it's really weird. And, Courier, you probably have a better idea because you did finish the game, but it seemed to me that, you okay, you're given three lives, and when you lose a life, you lose some of your power-ups, like the advanced ones, but you don't lose the size of your explosions or the amount of bombs you can lay. But then if you lose all your lives and have to continue, you can still continue from the same level, but now you have no power-ups. And that that split was weird to me. I would have figured either you lose everything or nothing. I thought it was sort of odd that you lost the sort of special power-ups with a life and then all your power-ups with a continue. That was one of the things that I thought was questionable too is because um, there's like literally no distinction between which power-ups are. This is the per stage power-up that's like a, it's like a star man. Like you get it once and then you're super powerful, but if you die, then you don't have it anymore. And then there's the other ones that are like, yeah, you keep them. But then if you get a game over, then Gradius style, you just start over with nothing and then you suck and you can't finish the game because the difficulty snowballs due to your lack of power-ups. I, um... At first, I thought it was going to be a Gradius situation where you lose everything, but it became pretty obvious pretty quickly that all the power-ups uh, disappear when you die, except for, as Clint said, the blast radius and number of bombs power-up, and that's because you can see them in the top right. They like list yeah. them at the top, and so it's easy to figure out which one you're going to lose, which one you're not. So those are meant to be like semi-permanent, basically. Yeah, and uh, I think I think I want to use that to segue into my little commentary on the design of Bomberman that I really, really find elegant. Okay, so I just looked this up on Wikipedia, and Super Bomberman 2 is, at least in terms of individual titles and not counting ports and the like, because this was originally a PC game, and or the very first game was originally a PC game that was eventually ported to the Famicom. This is the ninth title. And so they've had plenty of time to figure out how the basics work for this. And so they have just taken this simple formula and tweaked it and tweaked it and tweaked it at this point, even this early, which is like less than, uh, oh, wait, no, just over 10 years. And what I've seen from my playthrough here was that you're basically walking on eggshells throughout the game at every opportunity. Your bombs are dangerous to you and the enemy. 
your power-ups are equally dangerous to you and the enemy. If you increase your blast radius, it makes it a higher liability for you to get hit by your own bombs. Being faster makes it so it's harder to be precise. It's easier to accidentally run into your own bombs again. The more bombs you can place, the more you can trap yourself in. There are a multitude of ways, like every power-up has a way that it's a double-edged sword. And I really, really like that because every aspect of the game is encouraging you to act with caution. All of the enemy types uh, encourage this as well. There is early and there's this type of helmet-looking enemy that has a magnet. He pulls the bombs towards you. There's also an enemy, uh, not an enemy, there's an obstacle type of a magnet that turns when it's bombed upon. So you can't just lay bombs haphazardly around it because you could end up being trapped again. Uh, There is a type of enemy that can go through walls. You can kill it with a bomb, but it it otherwise ghosts through obstacles. Um, There are types of enemies that uh, if you hit them, with, or if you uh, if you blow them up once, they actually go into hyperdrive and run around really fast and become more dangerous. And so you have to you have to kill the enemy, but you have to recognize where is a safe place to do it and how to keep distance and like where the obstacles are and your space in regards to that. So and if you're super good, you can do some serious footsie shit and place two bombs slightly at the same time and then just combo him and then he dies and it's awesome. Exactly. There's a lot of room. There's a high for, skill ceiling. Yes, there's a lot of room for finesse, and I really like that because it means this game does this interesting little dance back and forth between being an action game and being absolutely a puzzle game. Right, and I I think um, you know this is basically just what you said, but I do feel like Super Bomberman Two in the series as a whole has always done a really good job of kind of like raising this like correlated graph between your risk reward and your your avatar strength and um you know kind of urging the player to deal with these risks if they want to get better at the game through you know the power-ups and their character strength and all that stuff it's basically the game is saying hey if you want your character to be stronger you have to get better you have to fit your person like to be the mold for these power ups so that you will that's so that you won't just drop them and then like suck at it. Like you have to you have to be good enough to deal with this power basically. Yeah, like otherwise the power ups can be too big a deal for you and you'll just screw yourself over. There's not a lot of games that come to mind that uh make it so your skill actually has to match the amount of power you're given. Right, I think that's actually pretty incredible. I don't know. I was being really harsh on it, more as a hyperbolic thing. But uh, in case nobody has guessed here, I'm actually like a really big fan of Bomberman. So I don't know. I just think it's brilliant. I want to know if you're a big fan of that uh, Bomberman GBA game where you can catch uh, monsters like in Pokemon. No. <laughs> Which I only remembered because I started seeing somebody post and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, yeah, I played this. I I owned this shit. I'm trying to remember. Oh, my God. There was like there was there was um, a Puyo spinoff that was like that, basically. But I'm not going to talk about that. I'm sorry. You know what I think uh, Super Robber Ran 2 was missing? This is a very gun thing, by the way. It was missing the kangaroos. Guns. Yeah. yeah the, guns. the loot. The uh, Louis. Thank you. Like, what the fuck? I had to just remove the best aspect of the entire series. The incredibly cute 
multicolored kangaroo kangaroos. They're called Louis. And they all have different powers except for the pink one, which just fucking dances. The uh my exposure to the series before this game that we did for this podcast was that uh I mostly did not play the puzzly bombermans growing up. I played a bit of the the sixty four bombermans, particularly the one with uh Pommy, I think his name was, the little monster that you could feed and he would evolve in different ways. And I played that with my sister. Oh, and was that 64 Hero? That was that was 64 2, I think. Or oh, okay. Yeah, it's been like so long since I played any of the 64 games that they all just kind of like muddled together, even though they're kind of different mechanics. Yeah. Uh, so I played that and I played quite a bit of Bomberman Fantasy Race. And that's actually my favorite um, just because it's such a weird thing. But that's a, like a whole podcast in itself i so yeah so this is basically my real entry into bomberman of playing a bomberman game seriously and i think it legitimately made me a fan of bomberman i actually that's a great question i should have asked this before other folks um what's what's your exposure to bomberman before playing this game other than tulpa who i know you didn't play any bombermans before this 94 like that's my favorite i think it's absolutely perfect i've spent so many hours uh like in school back when I was little babby, which isn't, you know, that's not too far from now, but I just have very fond memories of playing the multiplayer. Um, not 94 in particular, um, because when I played multiplayer with my friends, I set up uh, my laptop and we all played Mega Bomberman, which is the Mega Drive slash Genesis port of 94, but it is essentially the same game with some minor alterations, and I think they really nailed the multiplayer balance in that one, so that's that was my experience with it um and that 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 was the one with the with the louis and the reason i like that is because they act like a power-up like in a functional sense um when you you you'll bomb a tile and then it'll drop an egg and then you you move over the egg and then it'll hatch and you'll hop onto a little kangaroo and it's super cute oh my gosh um and if you if you press your alternate button um like you have your A button to bomb and your B button to to use whatever like the kangaroo power is, and uh, I, you know we can get into this later because um, a lot of the different Bomberman entries of the series have their own kind of like quirky uh, gimmick, and this one is the kangaroos. But like um, in like a Neo Bomberman uh, on the Neo Geo arcade system, was it? I don't know. It was it developed by SNK or was it like Data East or something? I don't remember, but um, Neo Bomberman, basically, instead of having that kind of thing, um, each Bomberman character is just, like, a different superhero, and then they have, like, a different power, and then, and so you're, like, your alternate button, like, oh, I'm, I disappeared, or, oh, I turned into a tile, which is dumb. Anyway, um, the reason I like 94 for the kangaroos is because, um, I don't know, each of them is, like, wildly different. In <laughs> you, I'm you sorry, I'm talking so much, I love it! Oh my god, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna shut up, I'm gonna let someone else talk. <laughs> <laughs> Take a drink of water. Okay. So, Shrug, no code. Have you played Bomberman before this game? Uh, when I was a kid, I played Bomberman 64. I think that was the first one, which I, like, don't really remember all that well, except that I liked it. And then Bomberman Hero, which is, like, not really a Bomberman game in the classic sense. It's more of, like, a like an action platformer. And it has, like, really awesome rave music, which is probably why I loved it so much. And I like still go back to it every now and again, even though it's not really very good. But like, I think like a couple months ago, um, I heard there was a bombing game from the switch coming out uh, on release. And so I like trolled through all of the 
well, not all of them, but some of the uh, more well-regarded Bomberman games like Saturn Bomberman and 94 and uh, Super Bomberman 5, which is has, like, the best bomb explosion sound of all time. Um, but Bomberman 94 is the best. This is a fat guy. Thank I love you. It. It's so much fun. Thank you. For <laughs> uh, I played no actual legitimate Bomberman games before this one. I spent a lot of time in the 90s playing a Bomberman clone, a shareware clone for the Mac called Boom, which was sort of, I would say after playing this one, somewhat simplified um, because it was just tiles. Everything was exactly the same size and fit precisely on a grid. But it was Bomberman mashed up with sprites that looked like Doom. <laughs> okay, I get that it. Boom. Really cool, actually. That's pretty good. <laughs> I've played so many fucking Bomberman games, actually, now that I think... I'm thinking about it. I'm like, what was the first Bomberman game I legitimately played? It would probably have been Bomberman 64. And then I got a Virtual Boy, and I played Panic Bomber, which doesn't count because it's a puzzle game. But I had the Japanese version of it somehow, and not like I imported it. I just got it in Toys R Us, and for some reason they had that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I played... Probably I've played this game. I, I think I've played all the Super Bombermans on Netplay back in the day when I was playing a lot of, of uh, ZSNES Netplay with one of my friends. We played a lot of Bomberman. Um, I've played the Game Boy Advance weird Pokemon game. There's sort of an RPG that I played part of. Uh, I have the Xbox Live arcade version of Bomberman, which I literally played a couple of weeks ago with my wife. I mean, Bomberman has been like this weird through line of playing video games for me and yet I've never really considered myself a big fan of it like for whatever reason it doesn't do a whole lot for me until like I think I think partially that's because I didn't have the sense to think of it as a game where you have to be um, considerate about how you take action so I always thought oh this is an action game you just run around and do shit and you have to be a lot more thoughtful about what you're doing and it just never clicked with me until this time which so it's, it's interesting I've been playing Bomberman for like 15 years or more and now it's suddenly I'm like oh okay I get it so <laughs> which one was the Xbox one that you mentioned I, it was Bomberman Live I think is what it was Live. called yeah okay. I played it online maybe once, but I really just got it to to get my wife into playing video games. You know, the first game she ever played with me, uh, ironically, I guess, was Doom. I made her play the Xbox Live Arcade version of Doom in co-op with me, and it was pretty great. I mean, it's a, that's a good first game. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a date. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted to. I want. The, I'm sorry for going on like 50 different tangents, but I think in the long run, I was just trying to get to a gunpoint, which is, I like they they really missed an opportunity in Super Bomberman 2 because there's a hard power up which is take an extra hit. And what I was trying to get to um, and failed is that the kangaroos in '94 they're just that you you get hit and you lose the kangaroo, but they also have an extra function. So I don't know. That's just they kind of missed that, out on that one. That sounds good. I actually like that. Uh, oh yeah, wait. Mm, yeah, ninety four was right before Super Two. So, so I don't know. I just that, it they was. just kind of pumped this one out. They they just forgot to put in the good things. <laughs> well, and I wonder too because ninety four was for what it, was it for, wasn't. It was the PC Engine, but it had a port on the Mega Drive. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say maybe there's some sort of limitation there. I wonder too because 
Bomberman 94 was released on December 10, 1993. And then Super Bomberman 2 was released in April of 94. I wouldn't be surprised if these were being developed simultaneously and therefore didn't have the chance to do that sort of crossover or like expansion upon an existing idea. That's definitely understandable. It it never really crosses my mind because it's hard for me to imagine Hudson Soft being like a big enough company back then to like do anything ever. But, you know, I don't know. I wasn't alive in 93. Bye, Hudson. Also, oh, God, every time you mention your age, my I, I get another wrinkle is what I'm happens. sorry. <laughs> Everyone else is old. <laughs> like that, yep. Yeah, um, the last Hudson developed Bomberman was Blitz. It, I don't actually remember if that's true, but I, I don't know. They kind of went all out there, so. I was going to jokingly start a tangent, or like a branch, but I got stuck between deciding if I wanted to talk about Bomberman Wars for the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation, which is a tactical RPG, I think. Oh my goodness. And the the other uh, idea for branching off, which was Act Zero. Oh god, I didn't even get I have an Xbox 360, I got it real early, and even I didn't get Bomberman Zero. This needs to be the Bomberman Exploration Squad, because there's so much of this shit. Like, what the heck? There's too much Bomberman. We just stick to Super Bomberman 2. <laughs> Unless we want to change the podcast right now, I'm down for it. Let me gotta, let's get some votes. Because you got mine. Does the Bomberman in the 360 game get a literal gun? Because that would seem appropriate. It he does. appears to have, like, a huge ball and chain attached to his hand, and the ball is the bomb. I think. So he's Chung. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like a he's uh, like a guilty gear character almost. I'm trying to re- I'm reading about it and it seems they had Bomberman X Act Zero was a gritty reboot of Bomberman on the 360. By the way, just in case you don't know, it was so gritty. It was so dark. <laughs> yeah, it's for adults. I can't play any of those like Bomberman games for idiot children. I gotta get Act Zero. Did they change how the game plays at all in that zero? No, or is that's it the like... funny part, is that you look at the box art, and it looks like this futuristic military shooter kind of thing, and then you go in, and it, oh, there's there's rows and columns, it's a top-down game, and you, you throw bombs that explode uh, in the shape of an X. Like, it's just Bomberman. Reskinned, I think it's hilarious, to be honest. And I, I really want to point this out. So this, is, this was released in 2006 for the Xbox 360, which had a hard drive, and some of the overwhelmingly negative reception includes lack of a save feature. What fucking game in 2006 on the Xbox 360 didn't have a save feature? Okay, okay. Saving Grace, right here. Did it have passwords? I don't think so. <laughs> what the heck? So do we have? So now that we've we've t- talked about literal gun bomber man who didn't even have a gun but probably should have. Do we have any more gun notes before we move on to vanity? Yeah, I actually, I thought I I feel bad because I detracted the conversation way too much, but I don't know. I, I there is a lot of like technical issues with Super Bomberman too that kind of stuck in my mind, like how the screen scrolling threshold is like way too low. Like it, I hate games that do this, but you have to get like right up into the screen to make it scroll, which sucks. I like I died a few times. Just from that, like, I'll, I'll go up to the edge of the screen to scroll it because, you know, I'll, a lot of these levels are expansive and a lot wider than one or two screens. So it, it, 
I just found myself in the position to run into enemies all the time, and I, it's frustrating. Yeah, the scrolling was a little bit hard. I do feel like I was unaware of what was going off or going on off the screen, and so ended up kind of just guessing. Like, I mean, I, I, there's a couple of really neat things, though. Like, you can pick up a glove, and that lets you pick up your own bombs and throw them. That can be really cool in the same way. Right. That was also a standard in 94, is the thing. It's like, oh, I, yeah. don't feel, I don't feel like I'm broad enough. Like, I don't feel like it brought enough to this injury. Also, um, career race, I know that you um, beat the game. I have only beaten the first boss. So one thing I noticed is that the first boss likes to run into its own bombs. Like, it was kind of hilarious because I didn't do any work for the first section of the boss of the first stage. And then the second section, it was just all of me and I got my ass beat. Um, do any of the other bosses do that? Or is the AI just, like, magically get better halfway through the game? All of the bomber bosses, the entire point is actually to basically get them to bomb themselves. I don't know. I, it, I, it took me a while to get into that mentality because I didn't really realize that they would be damaged by themselves. I don't know why. For some, for some reason, I didn't take this to be like an even match. Um, I thought it would just be like, oh, I'm the boss. You have to hit me in my weak point three times or something like that. But no, you just straight up have to get him to run into himself. And it frustrated me because I could not hit him for the life of me, especially after I had used to continue and my bomb radius was one. So there was literally one boss fight where it started. I stayed still. And within three seconds, the boss had killed himself. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, my goodness. It was uh, I'm not sure if it was the second uh, boss, which was Gollum Bomber, and which, if it was, that's really appropriate because he was meant to be sort of a a, a meathead type character. He appeared, like, based on the design, it seems like he's the, the big tough guy who doesn't think, and so his AI actually reflected his, uh, his typecasting. I see. So that's kind of cute. Anyway, um, I don't know. That, that was, like, my main gripe for the gun note is that just a lot of the enemy AI seemed lackluster. And I feel like in other games, it would have been appropriately simple, but I feel like this is the kind of game where you would expect the enemies to, you know, try to avoid your bombs, try to, you know, move in a certain way and maneuver around you, try to gang up on you like Pac-Man ghosts or something like that. And I don't, I don't think I ever encountered any, any enemies that behaved in a way separate to their like default movement path so i don't know maybe i'm just asking too much of a bomberman game basically because this is just how it is and it was fun so i should just probably let it go but that's my gun note uh the thing though is that all of the bomber bosses are careful not like they all know not to walk in front of your bomb the final bomber uh plasma bomber they were they went by magnet bomber golem bomber pretty bomber the girl uh Hell yeah. Brain Bomber, who oddly enough appears to have terrible strategies, I, or I never got to see what he even does. And Plasma Bomber, uh, well, for one small note, Pretty Bomber, being the girl, when she dies, uh, that that is the one boss fight where it does not play a victory theme because, oh no, you killed the girl. She was a terrorist who came to kidnap Bomberman, but she was a girl and pretty. I don't know, I, I would cry. <laughs> but uh, Plasma Bomber... His AI shoots up, like, way better than the others. Like, he is super aggressive. He will... He throws... Like, he throws his bombs. He throws them into multiple situations. He will... If you're standing still, he will throw them at you to knock your power-ups out of you. And just... 
it is very tricky. Like, he will occasionally bomb himself, but sometimes you can't rely on that. And so you actually kind of need to figure out how to trap him and how to get those power-ups. Oh, that's the other thing, though. If he, as he's throwing around his bombs and blowing up the obstacles, and the obstacles are leaving behind um, power-ups, he will destroy the power-ups with his bombs. It's pretty good. Wow. That's incredible. That's actually pretty smart. I love that, to be honest. He'll even stand on the power-ups in order to, like, protect himself from his own blasts. What a dick. Hey, Noko, did you want to add something here? I want to, like, agree with all the other people that said that, like, this time uh, Super Bomberman 2 was, like, the first time that, like, the, the, the core of Bomberman really sunk in for me. Um, the whole idea is that, like, you are the biggest threat to yourself uh, in all of the levels. Um, and like the, like everybody else said, like the more power ups you get, the more of a threat you are to yourself. So even though you can do more faster, you need to be more careful. Um, all the, all the levels are designed to be able to be beaten with absolutely nothing. Just your standard bomb, like one at a time, uh, that only goes one pixel. Oh my gosh. It can be done. If you're Superman, I had like mass blast radius and I just everything. Like, I don't understand that. Get get good, scrub. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, the other thing is that, like, the, you know, the power-ups are r- randomized, so the game necessarily needs to be designed that way because you don't really know what you're getting. I think you only start getting the kick in uh, level three, the pretty bomber level. I'm not sure. No, that's true. Okay. And, like, with the bosses, like... It's sort of like a neat inversion where during the main game, you are, like, during the main levels, you are the biggest threat to yourself. You need to be careful about what you do. And so the way to beat the bosses is to get them to kill themselves because they're as powerful, if not more powerful, than you are. And so, like, my favorite tactic was uh, using my shitty bombs to interrupt the big bombs' blasts to keep myself safe during, like, uh, the first stage of your boss fight. Anyway, I like this game a lot. Um... I like this brand of fusion between puzzle and action. It's really, really nice. Yeah, I, um, and I just want to... I'm going to make this the last thing I say about the game mechanically. <laughs> um, I don't like how it mixes goals. I don't like how you have to uh, flick the switches as well as clear all the enemies. So, I don't know. That's just me. Usually it's one or the other. Oh, yeah, that's something we didn't mention. To get past the single-player level, you have to hit the switches and kill all the enemies. And for me... Which is obnoxious, because they respawn. Yeah, they can respawn, can't they? No, They respawn if you hit the door with a bomb, like the exit. Wait, oh, is that it? Is that how it works? That's what it is! That's yeah. the original Bomberman, also, too. I remember that, because they played the first Bomberman on the NES, and that shit happened. That's so funny. I, I did not figure that out. Okay, well, thank you for that. That's a that's a mystery point because that now that's all cleared up for me. That you're uh, welcome. I, <laughs> I totally forgot to mention that earlier, but yeah, that's another part. That's another aspect that I absolutely loved it in the design because it you know it fits perfectly in with the be fucking careful about where you place your bombs. This isn't you, this ain't contra. I wish it was. No, I know <laughs> that's a lie. I just wanted to to wonder aloud. If Bomberman's capabilities are analogous to a real-world gun, wouldn't it be something like a uh, a remotely set-up matchlock with a really weird flash pan that was hella far away from the actual barrel? What are you talking about? You're getting really into the gun enthusiast stuff. 
I'm going to say that I'm just yes, putting that out there. Out there. <laughs> it must be true. I trust you, Shrug. Breathe it in, guys. And, <laughs> and girls and non-binaries to be all-inclusive. Wherein guys is non-gender specific. Yeah, You're non-gender specific. <laughs> I'm very gender specific. I'm very yeah. non-gender specific. Thank you very much. Okay, so so that's so gun. Gun is bomb. Bomb is gun. Everything explodes. Life is good. Uh, <laughs> we spent a long time on gun, so let's talk about vanity. And by vanity, I of course mean, how does it look? How does it sound? Does it make you feel good about yourself? Do you feel pretty when you play this game? I know I do. Dancing. <laughs> very pretty. Cake blocks. Yeah, they look like Legos, but they're dancing cakes. No, they're Legos. <laughs> dancing Lego cake blocks. It speaks oh to me. Oh my gosh. I think there's a way in which vanity inflected my gun. See, I posted the boom link in the chat, and you can, I think this might have something to do with it too. You can see how in that game, the closest thing I had ever played to a bomber man, your little man, your little doomerine, your adorable little chibi doomerine, was a tile tall. In this game, obviously, because. The game is presented from an angle of sorts, or it's supposed to imply a slight angle. You're a little bit taller than the tiles you're walking on, so your head slightly overlaps with the tile above you. I initially had a little bit of a hard time telling where I was and how I should be positioned in order to avoid bombs. All about looking at your feet. Your experience with uh, Boom is a bit more akin, I think, to the NES original. It's very Famicom. So maybe if they had just made Let Bomber Man be a little more squat, continue to be a little more squat and not given him such a lean and heroic figure for a guy with a pumpkin for a head, <laughs> oh my then gosh. the game would be a little easier for idiots like me. I am completely with you, Shrug. Like, when I... This is, again... Oh, well, no, th this isn't true. After playing the Xbox game for fucking hours on end, um, I finally came to terms with what Bomberman's hitbox essentially is. Um, and it is weird, because you just have to look at the feet. And But, yeah, the fact that it's taller than, than you know, a 16 by 16 square or whatever, but the hitbox is essentially 16 by 16, is is a little bit confusing. I remember dying a lot... Uh, when I would play this online, to, oops, I misplaced myself by a sixteenth of a tile, and now I'm dead. <laughs> like, it's it's confusing. It's intuitive. I feel like if, if you have to basically get to a point where you intuitively know whether or not you're going to be hit by a bomb. And maybe that's just me. Like, I never really intellectually understood it very well. But I do think that I'm looking... Oh, God, I'm watching this boom video that you posted. It is so damn cute, and I love it. Um... And it's really great. But the weirdest thing is that you can walk over your own bombs. Like, that freaks me out. Because in Bomberman, you should not be able to walk over your own bombs. You should be able to trap yourself behind a bomb forever. Mm, that's breaking the game balance. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I thought I thought Super Bomberman Two is cute as as hell. It the Bomberman is not the Bomberman I recognize. It feels a little bit like comparing, let's say, the first uh, Mega Drive, not Mega Drive, Master System Sonic to Sonic Three. Like it feels a little bit less refined to my eyes. Uh, but I thought it was really cute. And it's very cute. You want to know yeah. what the cutest part about it was? Pretty bomber. The music. And pretty bomber. The music was all right, huh? Like, it's what? not The great. music's so good. I'm sorry. It, it really got me. It hits some of the notes that I just, like, can't... I just... I don't know. I can't deal with it. It's really jazzy. I like the syncopated beats. I love the, the really shitty brass instruments. Like, the brass synth was super fun. I don't know. The music in this was really good. I'm going to post it in the chat. You should play it for a few seconds. It's good. All right, I'll play this one over. It's already playing. What are you talking about? Oh, my gosh, you're right. Ah, turn it down. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, there wasn't really a point anywhere in the game that I was like, oh, this music sucks. I actually do have a habit of going into the options and uh, like of most games that I play, even on like SNES games and stuff and seeing if there are sound options and there weren't. So I was a little uh, just kind of skeptical and apprehensive, but no, there's, there's some good tunes in it. I, I feel like they, they definitely nailed this one. That's that's my opinion. Uh, a little detail for Vanity, since everyone was touching on how cute the game is, is did anyone happen to find a one-up? Because those exist. I found a couple. And I think I did. I forgot. Well, what did they look like? They are alive. They are they are like an inch tall version of Bomberman himself that once you blow up the obstacle that's inside of, they will just start to walk off on their own. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It kind of freaked me out, to be honest. I, I was wanted, like, don't talk to me ever again, my son. It's very, it's ridiculous, but it it is also very cute. I want to know what you do with that little bomber man to get the one up. Do you collect it you and just eat fucking him. eat it? Duh. Yep. <laughs> just eat. Mm, nom, nom, nom. This is the little, this is just a animated doll walking around. Someone's a really big fan of Bomberman and left these dolls all over, <laughs> hoping that you'd see them and approve of them. And of course you don't because you eat them. So That's the secret to living beyond death in real life too you make a tiny model of yourself as a baby and then you eat it in the last week of your life how do you know what the last week of your life is though you just eat one a week that's what i mean that's ideally you just eat one a week you eat one a week and then you say all right this is the week that i die and you have to commit to it sometimes you can't (laughs) actually that's getting a little dark i'm sorry no you do need the commitment though Right, because if you just if you just eat a doll every week and you say this is the week that I die and you never do it, no one's gonna take you seriously. So you yeah, just you have to be like you have to be like the kind of person who just like leaves bombs everywhere with no safety equipment, <laughs> just like Bomberman, just running around leaving bombs everywhere with 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 nothing going on. But I, what is Bomberman wearing? Tell me what what clothes Bomberman is wearing, or is or is Bomberman nude? What is Bomberman? This- isn't he a robot? He appears to be That's a robot. Always a, because if he's a robot, it doesn't look like he's wearing anything. It's so is that his, ro- his robo-flesh? Yeah. Mm, robo-flesh. Are all robots naked then? 
I mean, I have to put clothes on them. No, you can't put clothes on a robot. That's not how it works. I mean, I've seen Westworld. You can put clothes on a robot. I don't know. In in terms of the game's cuteness, I do think it's very cute how each of the bomber people has their own theme, and those motifs resonate really well in the stages. Just just by doing something as simple as having a, a dedicated tile set to an area, it really helps just kind of draw you into the game world, I think. And um, like just aside from the mechanical differences, there's a lot of just really cute enemies and tiles in the game. I'm, I don't know, I'm... I was really getting all worked up over this fancy pixel art. I love how not committed it is to making any sense in the concept, in the context of this is a spaceship in many of it. Like just from word go, it's, hey, you're in castles. Right. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's funny how some asshole just left a bunch of chests lying around for you to blow up for that express purpose. Yeah, I'm not sure what Magnet Bomber's thing is with uh, having a fortress with a moat because that doesn't seem very thematically consistent. But also, at the same time, if I could put a moat inside my spaceship, I would. (laughs) Space moat. Try to get over this, you space idiots. Oh, shit, you can fly. Never mind. Yeah. I liked the the theming because you had... Yeah, I, I... I was actually kind of shocked going into the second zone because it's like you start in the first zone, it's like parks, it's like nice, it's, you know, whatever. It's like a castle, you know, kind of what I, I guess, expect from Bomberman. And then the second stage was the fire guy, right? It was Gollum. Um, and It was hell. Yeah, it's just fucking fire everywhere. And, like, the fires come back. I mean, it's just a huge shift. It's very industrial-looking and sounding. Hellish. This is kind of like a, a cross gun vanity note, but it's another missed opportunity is the bomb animations. It's not okay. So for those who don't play Bomberman, the bombs usually pulsate two or three times, and in other Bomberman games, this is tied directly to their fuse time. Like there, there are other games that can through power ups shorten or lengthen the fuse time of your bombs, and the animation will reflect that. Um, so it'll pulsate. It'll like grow big and then go one and then two and then three and then on the the third pulsating cycle it'll explode and it does not do that in this game um it usually it leaves room for a little bit of strategy but i i feel like some of the animation was pretty vague in like the minor details that you know would have made it more polished in other games i feel but i don't know maybe that's just a personal issue because i'm so used to like scrutinizing every little animation detail but just in particular, I feel like they could have polished a lot of like the minor ones better. Also, okay, I don't understand how the dynamite works. Like, did, did anyone else? Because I don't know. It, this, is this a vanity issue at all? I don't. It, it just kind of terrified me. It's just sitting there. And if you I just got it, really far away right. and hoped. That was I it. I know how it works. Like, uh, I think it works uh, when you explode dynamite. Any chest that it hits also explodes. And then it's a chain reaction. So you just have to get away from all the chests. I just, the first, I, just the first. I, I brought this up because I don't know if they are like kind of a thematic thing. Like are the dynamites in all of the stages or just the one stage? Because that's weird. No, uh, the dynamites at least show up in World 2. Like, I'm pretty sure because I... Wait, wait. Was it World 2 or... Like, I know that it was showing up in... Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely misremembering. 
I feel like they stopped showing up after World 1, and I felt like it was a sort of weird... Because you would blow up dynamite, and then this would be this huge fucking explosion, and it would kill you. Like, that was just how they were kind of designed. And I think that it was sort of a cautionary tale. It was like, be careful. You never know what's going to happen. Get as far away from an explosion as you can. Like, it felt like a very stage one thing to do, even though the lesson was cruel and unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that the rest... St- the the rest of stage one was kind of bland thematically. So I they just threw in a bunch of stuff and it kind of muddled to me. Like I I like how the levels played out. I liked how the magnets worked, but it well as someone else pointed out, like what castles, magnets, what? Dynamite? Is is this like an old western magnetic medieval space flying castle thing because what the heck i also like cohesiveness is like a is like a recurring issue in this game i don't think any of the enemies i had seen ever like adhered to a certain like levels theme like the like why are there moai heads floating around for no reason like i don't get that the enemies from what i grasped didn't follow uh a visual aesthetic theme but they followed the mechanical theme, like, um, or maybe I'm giving it too much credit, but I remember in stuff like, and this is kind of once again going into mechanics, because I think that whether we know it or not, gun is going to be the only topic this entire game, or this entire cast. Yeah, it's a very, I think Bomberman it's a very mechanic heavy is series. just a very, it's such a gun um, game. But yeah, what I was going to say was that in, uh, oh, I think I lost it. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> no worries. Um, I th- the the enemies following a mechanical theme sort of works. Like I feel like they that's a harmony thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a harmony thing. I'll save it for harmony. There you go. Oh, I Damn. also think that's a little bit of a stretch. It's all a little bit of a stretch. We're get- we're stretching things so that we can talk about it because I think that's the most interesting thing to do is to overanalyze a game designed for kids to have fun. <laughs> um. So Vanity, I think it's cute. I think it's it's pretty all right. The music is, is not bad. I think that it has some pretty jamming tunes, but the instrumentation isn't great. Do we... It was the main thing that stood up for me was the music. I, I just didn't have a lot to say about any of the others. Like, it, it looks like Bomberman. It looks like a SNES game. It's got, like, the... It's got the weird contrast, you know, white to black shading without much of the color variation that looks a little bit more bland compared to other Bomberman games like Mega Bomberman or 94 that are like super vibrant and colorful. So I don't know. But the music was pretty cool. So that's that's my vanity thing. This screen grab has been reminding me that well Pretty Bomber is is super super kawaii. It's sort of interesting that she's the girl bomber, but then when she takes her final machine form for the second phase of her uh her uh, boss fight, she takes the form of an angry son, which is generally a symbol associated with male generative power. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, so or, we're, pulling, we're pulling the deep shit out of this. Pretty Bomber is trans. Pretty Bomber is trans. <laughs> you, get to see her grief. you get to see her turmoil on the inside, and this is what she struggles with, and this is why she became a robot terrorist. Looked very angry in that screenshot, though. She looks more like she's Kathleen. I'll send she's, you another screenshot. She's an ecstasy there. We are on an audio guest, by the way. 
Yeah, I mean, it is a ter- like I remember I got the pretty bomber and I took the screenshot and it's utterly terrifying. Like this is big sun with all these weird lines. I mean, like it's completely opposite of how pretty bomber who who has a heart pasted to her forehead and is pink and has heart bombs. And then it's this gruesome looking sun. I It's bizarre. Let me show you angry as well. Maybe she's like the uh, embodiment of what crazy Victorians called the the. Uh, hermaphroditic double god, which had both uh, sex organs and thus... Let's not get carried away about that. And thus embodied... Let's get carried away. Both aspects of generative creation, the active and the passive, the all generative powers in one, and is the basis of ancient Valak cults. That is actually what am really I doing? Sprite, by the way, <laughs> no, this what is great. I just want to point out it's a really good sprite. Like a lot of the boss, des- the, like the boss designs are really cool, and they are probably the only exceptional sprites in the game. The like the the second form bosses are all really big and like really detailed, and I like the way they're colored, and uh, they have really nice palettes. So. I'm gonna actually share uh, a screen cap I took of the second phase out of three for the final boss. Because it looks really cool. Uh, though, actually, spoilers. Um, wait, does anyone care about Bomberman spoilers? No. No. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. I'm never going to play this is again, probably. E- okay. Is there even a plot in this? There is a plot, like- but it's very basic and it's nonverbal. And, uh, it's all in the manual. This. Okay, so, Vanity. I can say story during Vanity, right? That's yeah, yeah. Pretty okay. Um, it could also be poetry, but really, who cares? Um, we're here for the gun. And... <laughs> The situation here was that, and they just kind of showed this in the game, there's no words, but in the manual, it basically says there are five bad cyborgs called the the five dastardly bombers, and they have come from outer space or something to kidnap Bomberman. That's why you're in a castle in the first thing, because you're in Magnet Bomber's dungeon, which I, I still like that he... Yeah, oh um, it makes no sense with the Magnet theme, but it makes sense plot-wise, sort of. No, there's so much more to this. Also, they're cyborg? Yeah, they're cyborgs. Um, I mean, Bomberman is also a cyborg. All Bomberman what? are cyborgs. We live in a, They live in a future, I guess, where they have uh, embraced transhumanism. And um, they're from Planet That sounds Bomb. so cool. Were they born peoples, or did they just make robots and then assign people organs to them? I have no actual clue. This is literally from just looking this stuff up last night while playing. Um, but Excuse the, me, they live on planet Bomber. They, yes, they do. According uh, to the wiki. The, it's transplanetism as well. Um, but the uh, what I was going to say is that, okay, so when you get to boss five, who is Plasma Bomber, this is the final boss. The first phase goes as normal. He's a total jerk. Um, he's fighting you and he's winning. Uh, the second phase, which I'm about to pull up the uh, screen cap I took of it for, is like a sort of... Okay, it's about to upload right there. It's it's sitting... There it is. Um, so that's the second phase. It's in this huge, like, skull face tank that originally had two big arms. It looks sort of like um, Sheer Heart Attack from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And oh, is that a Georgia reference? Is that, is that a... Yes, I, I, I'm always on the lookout. <laughs> I'm on the lookout. But also, uh, so when you defeat it, uh, the mouth opens up, Plasma Bomber comes out, and he actually extends his hand to shake your hand. Now, they never say anything like, what's the deal here? 
um, has he just decided oh that you were honorable or something? And so he goes, That's he goes to shake your hand, and the tank opens up its mouth again, and it fires a shot and kills Plasma Bomber. And then the tank breaks what? apart and becomes this uh, Cyclops tentacled alien that just harasses you for the third phase, and that's the ultimate enemy. And so I have no fucking clue what the plot is. <laughs> Oh my god, you know what this is? This is pla- So you defeat Plasma Bomber in the first section, he comes down to you, he says, like, this is it, this is the end for me, you are the superior bomber, you are a worthy opponent, you have defeated me, goodbye, Bomberman, and then he just lets the final dude take over. I feel like it's more Kirby, where it's like the bad guy was actually taken over. It's actually Mark's. Worse. It's Mark's. You know, <laughs> it's, it's dark energy of some sort, but that's fucking incredible. Like, I love these bizarre flourishes in games that absolutely do not need them. <laughs> like, we just want to bomb stuff, but... I don't know. It's making me wish that I finished the game, because I'm, I'm getting hyped just hearing about it. Betrayal. I am definitely a fan of nonverbal storytelling in old video games, where it's definitely. mindly there for you to put together. That's what, like... Uh, I, could, I could get into a whole tangent about different games that do this, but I'll save that for its own thing. We'll have a whole Courier podcast. Yeah. So, um, according to the Pretty Bomber entry on bomberman.wikia.com, I quote, In Super Bomberman 3, she also appears in the password screen. Entering a wrong password will have her taunt the player, but entering it correctly will reveal Pretty Bomber's face, showing that she looks human. Um... So apparently Pretty Bomber is organic and not a robot, which I think lends credibility to my theory that she is supposed to be some reflection of natural generative energy and power in some way, like maybe the personification of the sun is a hint to her natural organic nature, looking back at the past and, uh, you know. Alternatively, she's just a hot lady who wanted to become a Bomberman. I also, now. It, it says in Super Bomberman R, in Super well, Bomberman no. R, she goes by the alter ego karaoke bomber, aka sexy <laughs> bomber in Japanese. Oh my <laughs> god. Her name is literally sexy bomber. <laughs> I'm sexy bomber. I'm here to bomb you. I'm so right? sexy. Sexy bomber. Sex bomber. Generative powers. <laughs> it all adds up. This, you're going to make this uh, weird metaphor work one day. <laughs> it's already working. Oh my gosh. It says her first game was in Super Bomberman 2, but then there's like 50 other lists for games. Oh my god. Okay, so this, I think, just transitions very neatly into mystery and even poetry, but we're doing them in order, so... <laughs> so what is her any, purpose? What is the purpose? So let's talk about mystery. And I just gave myself a really nice cutoff point there so I could play some music. Um... <laughs> So, oh, there's Pretty Palmer. So, Mystery was, what was mysterious about this game? It was uh, very much, I guess, 
Yeah, who knows what the hell was going on in this game. I had never played a Bomberman, so I had no idea what anything would do other than bombs would explode. So every time I picked something up, I didn't know what would happen until I did a thing, and then I killed myself. And then I died. That matches my experiences exactly. I thought of this game just dying over and over. I love it. My take on mystery is what the hell is Beta Man? What? They have names? No, no, that's a spin-off thing. It's like Beta Man. Beta Man Bakugaiden. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Are you talking about Beatamon? Yeah. Like the mar- the marble game with the little mech suit dudes? Or am I thinking of something else? Uh it might be. Oh my god, you gotta link me to what you're talking about. Yeah, B. Daman was first produced in 1993, modeled after Bomberman, and hence was called Bomberman B. Daman. Uh, and they're, yeah, they're marble shooting little plastic robots. Wait, what? Guess? Oh my god, I had those. That was a Bomberman thing? I guess. That, that was really That's... supposed to be a Bomberman spinoff? Yeah, they're like these little... Like, it's Gundam on the wiki. Oh my god, they're like these little Gundam-ass looking dudes, and you you shove a marble into their abdomen, and then you hit a button on their back, and it through it's like a spring-loaded mechanism, and you press the button, and it just propels the marble. And like there are different setups to these games. Like one of them is like, oh, it's just bowling. It's like bowling, except you have a tiny ass marble coming out of a little Gundam. That's basically what beat on is. I just got to say, it's really a central image of show. Oh my god, I saw the show too. Oh, Rice yeah. just posted a posted a uh, a little like I don't Jesus know. Jesus like, Christ! Some some character <laughs> art from Beat Why does it have a face? Because it's real life with marble it, gun. It's so angry. It I blame SD Gundam. So Gundams right? don't have it faces. Wants the, it wants no, S, SD Gundam has faces. Why no. does it hate? Why is it hating me with its marble so much? It wants to marble you so bad. It wants to shoot the marble out of its abdomen. I'm getting oh. fucked up over this. This is I didn't what? do anything to it. It loves you. That's why it wants to do it. But it looks angry when it's about to shoot its marble. Wow, I'm also getting fucked up over this, but in a very different way. I had no idea this was a Bomberman thing. Like this is like this is just to me one of those things. Which it is. One of those things where they try to capitalize on the fucking Yu-Gi-Oh craze where they, like, oh, kids battling with things. It's a, it's a game. The kids play the games competitively. It's like one of those anime. Like, uh, what was the other one that was... Beyblade? Beyblade did that. Oh, Bakugan did that. Like, it's just one of those. This is a good image to send someone as a sext, I guess. No! I want... <laughs> I want to be demand you. I want to be demand for you. I want to sh- spring load my marble and shoot it into you. It's such a shame this is an audio podcast. My well, question is, uh, where did those scars on that kid come from? Were they marble-inflicted scars? He lost oh my them. He was too good at beat him on, and then someone stabbed him. <laughs> it's like the KOF Chinese arcade dilemma. <laughs> oh my god so yeah the mystery is what the hell is Bomberman Wait. It, it is a puzzle game it's a racing game it's Wario it's Blaster Master it's all these other things oh yeah Mar- uh, Bomberman and Wario or Wario and Bomberman whatever that Game Boy game was what the fuck like it was, it was what? 
Wario Blast featuring Bomberman. And then there was Thank also you. a Bomberman game that was named Blaster Master Jr. Are you fucking... What? Blaster Master Jr.? I don't think Wario should be allowed to blast. There was a Bomberman game on the original Game Boy. It was, I think it was just called Bomberman, but it was a 2D platformer. Like, straight up, it was not Bomberman. See, it's getting into some Pac-Man shit. Like, you know, Pac-Man Adventures and Pac-In Time and all those kind of... Like, I, I've never quite understood why Bomberman was sort of a, uh, a, a mascot, because I've always thought it was a very... I don't know, it's kind of a boring design. It doesn't really do anything for me. Maybe it's just me, but the fact that Bomberman has so cute. many games. I mean, he's cute, but it's just not I like... It, he's it, a perfect mascot. He's, right? like, simple, recognizable, it's and, like, poignant. expressive. Maybe if, yeah. he didn't, if he didn't have the antenna, then it would, it would not stand out, but I think that makes it... That is, like, the cherry on top that makes it stick out for you to say, hey, this is a Bomberman. That's very true. Hey, since we're on mystery, should we talk about the alternate universe Bomberman Jetters where Bomberman is really fucking tall? What? Even leaner? Even more heroic? Oh my god, it's, he's so lean and heroic. I just googled Bomberman Jetters. Where are you getting all this deep Bomberman lore, Courier? Wikipedia. You just keep digging and it goes down. <laughs> oh my god, there's even like, there's a big bunny... And a big bird or some shit. What the fuck is this? Is an anime? Okay, so is it? Yeah, Bomberman reminds me very much of Kirby in a way because it's like Kirby, very round, very cute, has a core series of games, but then so many spinoffs and a couple of animes and everything like that. Like it, it, it very much reminds me of that the the Kirby thing. Bomberman Jetters was one of those weird games that kind of split off from the Bomberman formula as a result of 64, because it's one of those top-down 3D games that you walk around and you drop a bomb and it has like a circular radius and it's more action-oriented. I think the Bomberman Jetters head is too round. Yeah. I, I feel like the pill shape that's like kind of oblong or like a rounded rectangular prism, really, it, that's, that's the Bomberman look that I know. Do you think maybe that the Bomberman Jetters universe is before they all uh, became cyborgs, and so that's why they're all around? That's I it. it oh, I think I think it's more of a I think it's more of a Zelda narrative, or where they're all different universes, and you're just expected to accept that. And oh, there's there's like a great Bomberman of legend, and I'm gonna be like him someday. I followed a link on the Bomberman Wikia, and I think I ran into another mystery. Human. Humans are an important yet overshadowed population of Earth and or Planet Bomber coexisting with Bomberman. And or. And or Planet Bomber. Jeez. Coexisting Wait, with Bomberman. Wait, there's an Earth and a Planet Bomber. History. Not much is known about the human race other than the fact that their leading scientists, Dr. Ein and Dr. Mitsumori, created the first Bomberman. <laughs> I'm fucking dying. The oh fuck? my god. Who are these mysterious human beings? Where did they come from? <laughs> oh what are god. they doing here? Holy shit. <laughs> this is too much. Like we we started this podcast not knowing that we'd be cracking open a whole can of worms. Now we don't even well, know what way. humans are. Right? Okay, though no, I'm I'm fixated on what Shrug said. Maybe I missed something earlier, but there's an Earth and a planet bomber. Of course there's an Earth and a planet bomber because you okay, can't so have what, humans without the Earth. <laughs> oh my god! Where do the two take place? What it's, happened? 
It's the sentence reads Earth and or and slash or planet bomber. What does that even mean? Okay. Right. Okay. I looked up uh, planet bomber on the Bomberman Wikia, and it says that uh, Bomberman's homeworld was sometimes depicted as Earth itself in other storylines, such as the arcade Bomberman World, Super Bomberman Two, Super Bomberman Three, and Super Bomberman Panic Bomber W. Why are there so many of these? Mascots. Mascots. You you can slap them onto any game and call it a Bomberman game, and it is. So, okay, am I the only one that's thinking that Earth is also a cyborg, and that's why it's called Planet Bomber? Is this just Transformers? Like, like, hold on. There's Magnet Bomber, there's Gotham Bomber, there's Pretty Bomber, there's Planet Bomber. The planet is a bomber. What? The planet has the same face as Bomberman. You're fucking me up right now. Oh god, you're right. It does. does, does oh my it? god. It has landmass eyes. <laughs> does that mean Earth can just self-destruct if it so pleases? Sorry, Planet Bomber. Because that's no, too much. I know what happened. It's so obvious. The humans created Bombermen, and then the Bombermen turned on their creators and bombed Earth, turning it into Planet Bomber. The bombularity. Bomberman lore is an iceberg, man. This shit's gotten deep. This is my favorite podcast. (laughs) Oh god, there it is. It's oh my god, the moon is a pom pom. (laughs) Yeah, the 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 moon is is his little antenna, and it's perfect and beautiful. Just hang right there all the time. Mm -hmm. They have no tides, so it was hard to get life on this planet because there were no tides. But luckily, they're robots, so fuck it. I mean, this would just mean the moon is at a Lagrange around the Earth so, so that it can remain sta- around the planet Bomber so it can remain stationary just for the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's an aesthetic moon. Okay. Well, okay, so I feel like we cleared up the mystery of planet <laughs> Bomber here. Yeah, I think we've we've dug as deep as we can without losing ourselves in the mystery of Bomberman. <laughs> My God. I, uh, I forgot there was a really important little detail for vanity that didn't get squeezed in and that's that um and this is perfectly vanity uh the fourth boss which was brain bomber uh his second phase is that he pilots a mecha bomber man just a giant version of you that walks around and lays bombs wow i think that's kind of poetic actually i think that's pretty sonic maybe brain bomber love bomber man I actually, I, I'm beginning to suspect that I finally understand what the, this game is. Uh, it takes place in, like, a post-post-apocalyptic sci-fi scenario where uh, bomber men boats are just the results of, like, some kind of hard technology virus gone rogue oh transformed God, the entire bomb. universe into bombers. Oh, my God. Okay. So you Let's... know what's, what's vanity? our lives, the entire human race, because we're going to be displaced by Bomberman. Vanity is existence. Existence is vanity. There we go. <laughs> We've covered vanity and mystery. Great. Uh, okay, so let's talk about poetry. By poetry, I mean anything that strikes you as poetic. Visually, textually, there wasn't any text in this game, but whatever. Um, anything poetic? 
don't know, there's text, there's a there's a big ass draw screen whenever you fuck up in, in the multiplayer mode. Anyway, I don't know. I, I feel like more career I said it was pretty poetic because what kind of psycho walks around in armor that's like, hey, this is you. I made a big version of you to be inside of to walk around. Like how does yeah, this it's make very you me- feel? It's <laughs> it's very metal sonic. It's very creepy, is what it is. It's a giant metal mecha sonic. I feel like that's I don't think like that's analogous because that's really fucked up. Bombermans. Well, we have a hard time saying Bomberman. Go ahead, Tulpa. I, I mean, I I think just throwing off what I just said, explaining the plot. Uh, uh, the reason it's a giant mech suit that just looks like Bomberman is because everything will eventually look just like Bomberman. We are just in the transitional stages in this game. Oh my gosh, he's a harbinger. It's just it's just Brody Quest, except it's Bomber Quest. What the fuck are you talking about? Brody Quest. Google it. <laughs> mm, I don't think I want to. It's good. You'll like Brody Quest. Trust me. Okay. I'm not the I'm not the guy sending you to goatsad.cx. I promise. I promise. <laughs> Brody Quest is cute. It's a jam. It's a jam. It's a jam. All right. I'm getting mixed signals here. It's a jam. <laughs> it's good. Um, is this the meat spin thing? No. No. It's it's excellent. It's Neil Cicciarega, my favorite musical artist. Oh, okay. All right. That that makes a lot more sense now. All right, <laughs> the meme lord of our universe. Um, I'm trying. I didn't write any damn thing down for poetry except my own phrase, which was "I am my own worst enemy." But I wrote that down for gun, and that's just oh really it's gun. Yeah, I actually my my whole notes sheet here is a bunch of shit for gun, two notes for vanity, and then mystery, poetry, and harmony are all blank. So there's something kind of poignant about being a bomber. I almost said bomber men again. <laughs> okay, you can say it. About there's something sort of poignant about Bomberman, which is He's named Bomberman. He is a Bomberman. He has he's gifted with the ability to naturally produce bombs from okay. somewhere. He is from planet bomber yeah okay but you gotta separate um, these two he's a bomber space man his name is Bomberman. compound word but it's just he's so fragile he's so adorable but all he can do his only verb in the entire world is making these massively destructive devices and using them to blow things up often himself yeah, this is this is very true. He's this he's this cute, cute, round, squishy little little guy, and all he can do is poop bombs and kill himself and others. It's yeah, exactly it's troubling. It I do also. This should have been a mystery, but where the fuck do the bombs come from? Like, is he pooping bombs? Is he laying them like eggs? Is it a one whole cloaca kind of situation? Oh, this is gross. <laughs> Do we need to get back into the fertility god stuff? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That's it! Creation and destruction in one action. Perfect. Oh my god. So I think that the bomber people, since they're cyborgs, they have a little mechanism inside of them that just kind of produces bombs constantly. A little mechanism and... in their butts! <laughs> yeah, the butt mechanism.
Gotta, if they gotta let it go, they gotta let it go. What if you press A to drop a bomb? But th- what if that doesn't actually determine what releases the bomb? I, I feel like in in a narrative sense, they release the bomb because they have to. It's like diarrhea. It's like, oh, it's about to come out and I can't help it. Please don't <laughs> reference diarrhea in the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I just opened the Bomberman Wakia page for bomb, and there's a subheading that reads pumping bombs that I'm afraid to read. (laughs) (laughs) And and on the topic of diarrhea, (laughs) there's in later Bomberman games, there are curses, and one of the curses is that you can't stop laying bombs, and it is bomb diarrhea. Oh, wasn't that one of the. That was one of the curses in this game, too. I played the battle mode. Or I might be. Yeah, it does. Well, I don't know if. Oh, yeah, I didn't play the battle modes, so I didn't see any of the power down stuff. But I remember that that power down is it. Whenever you got it in like some other games, it would make like a flushing sound. It would be like a sort of like, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) Right. Um, I actually ended up playing more of the battle mode than the single player mode. So that's that's where a lot of my stuff comes from. Oh, wait, wait, actually, hold up. I'm wrong. What I'm actually thinking of is in Bomberman Fantasy Race, when you accidentally pick up the power down, that makes your Louie have to stop racing and take a shit. Oh, no. Are you serious? Poor Louie. It's a real thing, but it's okay because the poop's pink. All right, well, that, makes, <laughs> that makes it cute. In some cases, most notably, notably from the anime, bombs are used for fun. I was about to read that. <laughs> fun? That's perfect. Oh my like god. Like what kind of fun do you have just killing people? There are no examples. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying you don't think bombs are fun? It was we literally just, just July fourth. No, we just we just laid it down. Bombs are diarrhea. That's not fun. I don't like pooping a butt. I just want to say an official podcast note for all those kids listening at home. Bombs are not fun. Fun Don't do not a bomb, bombs. kids. No bombs. Bombs are bad for you. Okay. Are you, you bomb, saying I'll come to your house and I'll smack you? Are you saying diarrhea is not fun? But if it's, it's not fun, of course it's not. Oh my god, <laughs> those things are huge. Imagine trying to pass one of those. Kids, you're nearly as squishy as Bomberman, and you do not have a continue. Not even if you make a model of yourself <laughs> and eat it. That was just a story. I made that up. It was a lie. <laughs> oh my god. Don't do bombs, kids. Don't do bombs. That's the lesson so, of this podcast. The responsible adults, I think you should be allowed to do bombs if you want. I think it's kind of poetic that the entire planet has a culture that just revolves around this. Like, this is all they do. Like, this whole planet. There's a bomber planet dedicated to bomber people. Isn't it kind of poetic how they're just so bored that they result they just all they do is blow people up. It's sad. It's a little terrifying. If I they, made alien they, contact with this planet, it would be terrifying. They do go kart races. They do go kart races where they blow people up. They also yeah, catch uh, Pokemon, you know. And then they blow them up. That's sometimes true. they grow really tall. Well, I do have uh, oh, a, yeah. a mystery. Even though we're in poetry now, uh, I'm looking at the image of what Bomber Planet looks like. Uh, planet Bomber. And I noticed that there's not nearly as much pollution would think from a planet where people are constantly setting fires. Uh, the bombs produce oxygen. 
So <laughs> the, it fixes the ozone. That's smog, right. the the fuel for the bombs is is smog, and it produces oxygen. So they so cleaned the, it up. The fuel for the bombs is sadness, and that's why everyone's happy, and they keep doing it. Wait, wait, wait! I got more lore here. Maybe the humans created bombs, bombermen, bombermans, to clear up the incredibly polluted uh, atmosphere, and then they took over the world with their their clean bombs, and hence it's just clean clean atmosphere now. So, so they terraforms and then export all the pollution to the moon so that it turns red. Is that what happened? Yeah, they terraformed it and then put all the pollution to the moon so it's red. That's exactly right. <laughs> they gathered up all the pollution in a big ball and they shot it out into space. And now the moon is just a pollution ball. That's a true fact from a scientist. Hey, Clint, how do you yes. put on Mahjong? Oh, fuck, I forgot the Mahjong category. <laughs> I was supposed to do oh. it before poetry. Jesus Christ. Welcome to Mahjong Moment, or Mahjong, wait, what are we calling it? Mahjong Minute. Let's do a Mahjong Minute, everyone. It's Mahjong something or other, just talk about Mahjong. Jesus Mahjong. Christ. Okay, so, <laughs> the, uh, we played a Mahjong game, I, I only asked people to play it for five minutes, but Topo played it for much longer than that, um, but it's because it's I so couldn't many- fall asleep. I mean, yeah. That's good. I'm glad for you. Could have, you know, could have been playing Bomberman, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I am out of the loop. What is this game? So there's so many Mahjong games. There's so many horse racing games as well on the Super Nintendo. We're just going to compress them all into five-minute chunks. So this game was called, and I'm going to butcher this, Kikuni Masahiku no Jantoshi Dorao 2? 2. It's the second one. And apparently it's a, it's, it's a Mahjong game, and it has a parody supernatural superhero theme, according to, to Giant Bomb. And we all played five Wait, minutes of it. Yeah, giant bomb. Giant bomb knows everything. So maybe the uh, maybe that's just like the uh, plot ends uh, in the open world mahjong game. Yeah, this this is an open world mahjong game. So for people who are thinking about mahjong as a, as a solitaire game, it's not a solitaire game. It's a gambling game first, and it's a lot like gin rummy or rummy. I don't know. I read the rules. I didn't understand enough to play the game. Um, but yeah, what did people think of this Mahjong game? The first rule of Mahjong Club is that you don't stop playing until someone dies of old age. That's fucked up. It is a very slow game. There you go. It's fucked up. It's very slow. Does this game have an objective? Play Mahjong. Win at Mahjong. That's it. You say it's open <laughs> world, so this this is leading me to believe that there's some like overarching theme or goal to this game there is a story but i don't think any of us speak japanese so i i could not divine what the story was from uh, some of y'all, some of y'all are fake mahjong fans i see then let's talk about the one thing that was i guess understandable in a way um which is the the story mode so if you click on the right button you get a story mode and you go to uh this room oops i pasted the wrong fucking thing hold on <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it's it's this weird room, and it's got like a four-breasted demon, and there's a dragon. I don't know what the fuck is going on. And then oh, you go play so Mahjong. I am trying to figure out if there is a connection between desiring four-breasted demons and preferring tiles over playing cards. There must be. There has to be. Because Mahjong tiles, it seems to me are much like playing cards, except 
other than their heft and weight, I'm sure it's very satisfying to move them about and clack them. Slightly garbage. Slightly more garbage than cards. It's kind of like dominoes if it was classier and a fun game. Yes, yeah, I was reading about Mahjong, and the rules are like not that complicated, but they use such, since they're not using playing cards, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. There's also something about sitting people on the northeast, southwest side of the table, and you have to play with four, and then you physically move the blocks around, and that means something. It's just... It's very confusing to to a novice. So really the Mahjong Minute is just going to be us learning how to play Mahjong slowly over the course of a year. But this game definitely had a four-breasted demon and and a dragon and potentially a tick, maybe a cockroach in a box, but a giant cockroach. I think that might be a gremlin. I think it's a gremlin. (laughs) Uh, The phone seems anthropomorphic as well if you look carefully at it. You're right. The the rotary telephone seems to be alive. Jesus. <laughs> so I guess that's our Mahjong Minute, because I don't want to talk too much about it. It's not our podcast. You can't. I want to note how exciting the music in this Mahjong game was. I had to medicate after five minutes because it was so exciting and loud. It was very. You can't shuffle Mahjong tiles like you can playing cards. <laughs> but oh. you can put them in a pile, shift them around, then reassemble them. Shuffling so mahjong, mahjong tiles is way them. more fun than shuffling cards. You can't fan them in your hand, overlapping in a nice, compact, satisfying way, and then sort of ruffle them subtly. <laughs> when you're 23 and you've hurt your back, you can't get off of work, take your painkillers, drink too much because you're in a very bad time in your life and then practice throwing mahjong tiles at your bookcase to pass the time waiting for the numbness to happen but you're probably going to damage something i mean possibly the tiles (laughs) that's why you just don't think mahjong tiles are as versatile as the common playing card but and I you, take up so much space. But you can't build a castle out of playing cards. You can't. But you can absolutely build a castle out of Mahjong tiles. And I think that's our... I, I beg to differ. Because people do some pretty amazing shit with playing cards. All right, with skill, you can do that. But I don't care. I don't have skill. <laughs> One last note for the Mahjong minutes. Uh, the character sprites in this game are very characterful. They're usually very ugly, but they are also very full of character. Yeah, I think we might have peaked early on our Mahjong Minute, because not only does it have great characters, great sprites, terrible music, but whatever, it also has a Mahjong-themed horse racing game, which is another very big theme in the Super Nintendo uh, Japan-only library, is horse racing games. So I think we pretty much we peaked here, and it's all downhill from here. There's a guy who appears not even, he's not even one of the players in the first game, which was the only game I played. Um, I just played random tiles and lost money for a while. But there's this dude with the most amazing sort of cliche, bristling 80s, two inch tall Japanese businessman hair and these perfect red dots on his cheeks. They really stood out to me. 
Oh, yeah, he had perfect circles of red on his cheeks. And I assume that's supposed to imply that he's an alcoholic, but I don't know. That's actually Pikachu. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, are we going to talk about Harmony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have Pokemajong. I want to throw that out there. Pokemon. Okay. Um, let's talk about Harmony. Let's get back to our bomber, man. Let's talk about Harmony. So, how did everything come together? The bridge! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, I get it. Like, it's a bridge from yeah, one to the it. other, but it's also a card thing. It's funny. What? Uh, <laughs> so, let's talk about <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I, this, this is the poetry thing. This is what we're talking about, but it kind of just seems like everyone gets along. Kinda like, like with their their values because their values are are all bomb. So I don't know. I think like harmony as well as like how does it mesh together the vanity and the gun? Does the mystery lead to poetry? Like because I think we were talking vaguely, very briefly about um, the enemies mechanically fitting in thematically to the areas, and I think it's kind of a stretch. But there, I, is- I feel like the, the harmony of this game is is like a very like wheel spoke thing because you, like let's be real our our gun like that's the center everything else just like comes off of that and this is very true like I think the gun is the center, and and everything else is is outside of that. But Without I do think a very firm gun. I don't think any of its other other elements would hold up on their own. I'm gonna ignore the phrase "very firm gun" and courier. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. But therein lies the harmony: is that all the other categories besides gun, including harmony, r- revolve around gun. Right. Which in in this case we can just interchange with bomb because it's very gun. Well, and I think that that's kind of why other, so there's so many Bomberman ripoffs, but none of them have succeeded to any degree because they don't have that center, that perfectly refined diamond that is Bomberman, that risk reward, that back and forth, that I'm more powerful and therefore I'm more dangerous to myself thing. Everything kind of, it misses the point. And so Bomberman works perfectly in that way because it does center that. Um, And yeah, and then it builds everything around that cute sort of um, ideal of Bomberman. And it it just all works really well together. It's a good game. And the multiplayer, too, is really, like, non-threatening. I think that's what I like about it, is that you've actually got sort of a very hard center, but everything else around it is very non-threatening, so it's welcoming. So when you go into multiplayer with somebody, it's like, oh, here's this cute little game about, oh, yeah, there's explosions, but there's also this cute little person, and there's a song and everything. Like, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Yeah, it is actually quite tragic that we could not find harmony within our own group. We were not able to make uh, a multiplayer session happen betwixt us. And so as a result, we didn't get the experience of that. We, some of us got to play with bots, but uh, for the most part, we didn't get the human element. I got element. to play with a person. Get out. And it was very fun and not competitive, surprisingly. 
because I don't know when I when I play the other Bomberman games, I kind of get I kind of get into it. It's kind of hardcore, but this one is like, nah. Like the stages were were very varied, but they all came together very nicely. I think there is some harmony in the battle mode. Well, there you go. The harmony is that Bomberman brings all of us together. That's a way to put it. And then blows us apart. <laughs> it is a tragic love story full of heartbreak and betrayal as well as love and commune and bomberia <laughs> i think bomber bomber people would canon- canonically be communists that feels right they'll work together you know how it goes anyway i gotta bring up communism once per podcast okay it's it's a it's a contractual thing don't ask uh <laughs> I'm trying to take the Pottermore Discover Your Patronus test and answer the an- answer as I think Bomberman would, but it's take. I have to register. It's taking me a while. Keep us posted on what the Patronus of Bomber is uh, like. That should definitely go into the show notes if we don't get to it in the recording. Yeah, I want to know that. So throw it in the chat room. <laughs> um. Okay, but I think that, yeah, we've pretty much covered Bomberman from, what's the phrase? Well, from top to bottom anyway. So we, we got the, the weird mysteries of Bomber Planet, and we got how it's just nice to blow stuff up. It's a good, it's a good feeling. So that's it for this podcast. Um, I, think, I, I think it was a good game. Glad we all talked about it. Um, if you want to get more of this kind of stuff, jump into the selectbutton.net forums, and we're, we'll all be there. Um, but other than select button or on select button, uh, where can people find you all? I am Shrug. Uh, I'm Shrug on the forums. You can find me being Shrug on the forums, being a jackass, and read my thread about researching dick raps historically. Um, I'm at at Shrugopolis on Twitter. I don't really use it because when I do, I get interviewed and investigated by the FBI. Jesus Christ, I wouldn't use Twitter either. I'm Courier Rice, and you can find me as Courier Rice on the forums and as at Courier Rice on Twitter. Those are the main places where you could see me. You're not allowed to find me other places. Go away. I'm Marina. That's ferrets on selectbutton.net. And on Twitter, that's at mustelids, as in the genus of ferrets. I have no code, no code on the forums. And you can find me hiding in a shadowy alley somewhere. I am Talpa, also Talpa on the forums. And uh, which I also don't actually use. I am uh, at memorious Talpa. And I've been virtual Clint. You can find me on Twitter at VirtualClint, and I'm on the forums as VirtualClint, so it's pretty much all the same. Um, if you want updates on the show, follow uh, at Snexploration, which is S-N Exploration on Twitter. Um, if you have questions or whatever people email the podcast, I don't know, you can email Snexploration at gmail.com. Um, and again, if you want more inane video game discussion, jump into the selectbutton.net forums. It's a great place to be if you like stuff and also things. Um, if you want to play along, our next game is Tetris 2, a, a sequel to a game yes! that didn't... Oh <laughs> it didn't need a sequel, but it got one. <laughs> I'm um, so ready for this. I'm hoping that our next episode is going to be published on July 27th. We're getting back to the every two-week schedule. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? Things happen, so we'll see. But that's the hope. Um, and if you like this podcast... 
Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your therapist. I don't know. Tell people. This is what happens at the end of podcasts. You get told to tell people about it. Um, I guess you can also rate it on iTunes. I don't know how important that is. But rate it on iTunes. Give us a review. Maybe if you put a review in, I'll read it on the podcast. Maybe. I don't know. Is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> but Definitely a thing. Okay, we'll do that. Definitely. Shrug, if you're on it, I'm going to make you read the reviews, though, because you have the best voice. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but I just wanted to make sure that uh, it got in there. Bomberman's Patronus is a heron. Perfect. There you have it. That seems completely inappropriate, and I love it. <laughs> All right. But until next time, thanks for listening to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast. Uh, and I, I've decided our catchphrase genuinely is, it's not Chuck Rock. Bye-bye. Take it easy. I am Chuck Rock. <laughs> okay, bye. I'm going to die. I'm sorry. Thanks to Schnabubula for allowing the use of his incredible song, Playing Super Mario World While Taking Mushrooms. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Bye-bye.